six of the pause podcast today we have two more friends we have lana park and paulo Contreras. you guys can introduce yourselves um hi my name is lana thank you guys for having me hi i'm paula thanks for letting us on your show for sure all right and um today we do not have jared with us he's taking care of some urgent family matters wish him all the best so today we have myself and siddharth so um Hello. Talk about <laughs> the entertainment industry and the dark side of it so let's just get right into it Lana, you're an entertainer. Yes. You sing, you dance, you spent time in Korea. So, um, yeah. Can you tell us a little Whoa. bit about what your experiences have been, both positive <laughs> and negative? Um, yeah, so I spent the summer and like maybe more like half a year in Korea last year. And I was like training to become like, I don't know, I guess K-pop idol, K-pop star. I was under a company. Um, my experience there, it was Go it on. was a <laughs> it was a learning experience. There was lots of negative, but also lots of positive. Yeah. Um, was there anything you like specifically wanted me to touch on? Well, I mean, so like when you say negative, like, do you mean in terms of like pressure from the people you work oh. with, or like from the people around you, or your, like your um, other classmates or whatever? Yeah. So like, I feel like um, to be a K-pop idol is like a lot. It means you're a model. I'm an actor, a singer, a dancer, lots of, like, you're held to these really high standards, and it's just a very, like, hardcore uh, occupation, I guess you could say. So we were, like, expected to practice for over 18 hours a day, whether that be um, singing, dancing, modeling, like, you know, facial expressions and stuff, Mm -hmm. and also lots of dieting on my part. Um, Yeah, the beauty standards in Korea were, like, really forced upon us, so... Me and my teammates, we felt all that pressure. Okay, so do you think there's like um, an unreasonable expectation for people who want to get into the industry in terms of like what you have to do to yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of hard to say, but like, I think it's different for everyone because like, you know, everyone starts from different points. But for me personally, I felt like I, it was very unreasonable for me, like um, the diets they would put me on and like how hard they would work me. Yeah, it was very unreasonable to me, but in the end, that's what makes these, like, K-pop idols, like, picture-perfect in the end, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so then, okay, like, I've heard a story, like, you tell me if it's true or not, it's, like, um, for food, they give mm-hmm. you, like, they blend a bunch of food in a cup, and then you have to drink it. Is that true? <laughs> that sounds a bit extreme, but I could see it happening, but I never had to do that. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, well, like, you like, like a human being. Yeah, I'm sorry, what? What was your diet like? Oh, okay. Just, this is a trigger warning. You might need to put, like, a disclaimer. I do not condone and I do not support anorexic um, eating habits or bulimia and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. But um, I think at one point when I was, like, dieting the hardest, for a week, I think I had maybe three boiled eggs and two sweet potatoes like they're really small sweet potatoes and then they made me take like 15 vitamins a day just so i like wouldn't pass out i mean i still passed out but yeah so that's normal like that's that's a part of just being there you pass out all the time i mean i think passing out was kind of like rewarded in a sense like 
it was like yeah. if you didn't pass out, you weren't working hard enough kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were just really held to those standards, especially as girls, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there okay, so, anything else? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, you, so there's, like, the negative, right? Like, have you heard any cases where it goes, like, more extremes, like, in people, like, you've met or, like, oh, talked to? Um, uh, I personally have not, like, met anyone, but I've definitely heard stories of, like, people, like, okay, this is also really extreme, but, like, getting their whole face redone, like, a plastic surgery, and, like, dieting until, like, they're basically almost dead to just to get into a company, you know, like, and getting into Uh a company is, like, it's, it's, like, barely the first step into, like, becoming, like, a K-pop star. Getting into a company just means that you have someone to, like, a company financially supporting your training. It, like, in no way means that you're, like, even close to becoming an idol. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, that was very stressful. <laughs> uh, do you feel like, in the long run, if you did like become an idol and everything, did you would you feel like it was worth it? I mean, after hearing um, all you went through, I think. Uh, eh, okay, that's a very hard question. <laughs> um, I think that for, I think for me it would have been worth it, but that's just because I was doing something I really loved, versus mm, yeah. like someone who felt like. They didn't really like it in the end, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. At least you were doing something that made you happy. I know. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. like, the thing that, like, kept me going. Or else, like, I probably wouldn't have been able to, like, do that for, like, six months continuously. That's so long. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, compared to, like, other trainees, like, there's some cases where, like, they trained for, like, ten years. And, like, they still didn't get to debut. Wow. And, yeah. So, when you're part of a group, like, do you... Are you given the license to create your own song, or is that all com- mm. controlled by the company? Um, I think the company I was under, they, for whatever reason, lots of the girl artists they have don't really have creative control, whereas like the male artists they have cr- have creative control. Um, but like, there's definitely other companies that allow their their trainees to have like you know just like control of what music they put out. But yeah, I wasn't able to do that. Okay. Yeah, you weren't even a trainee yet, were you? Huh? No, I was never signed under a contract. <laughs> mm. We were training to become a trainee. Yeah, it was. Wow. Yeah. Um. Like, this is honestly like I didn't even like know that there was this whole side of the K-pop thing. Like, I don't know, Sid, did you know about any of this? Yeah, like, I mean, I was aware of it because, like, I know, like, like the unrealistic like mm-hmm. beauty and weight standards, and also how much time it takes. But, like, yeah. just hearing it, like, an actual first-hand experience is kind of insane. Yeah. I mean, there's also the positives. Like, I was able to, like, really immerse myself in, in like, my ethnic culture, I guess. Something I never really got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made some, like, really lifelong friends there. So, it was amazing, I guess, in that sense. Do you think you're going to go back? Ever? Um, I would really like to. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I would want to go back to become an idol per se, but being like an artist would be nice. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So moving on to Paula. So yes. you are a filmmaker, less of an entertainer, but more of like you know into like the directing, producing, and all that stuff, all the jazz. So in your experience, have you seen any um, you know, disparity between what's shown to the public and what you've experienced yourself as um, a member of the entertainment industry? Oh my gosh, what is shown to the public is 
Okay, so there's this saying in film that whenever, like, you're working on something and, like, all the products and, like, footage and stuff that you create, only 5 or 10% of it is actually shown to the public. So, like, that's, like, that's roughly, like, the amount that you're going to end up showing people. Out of, like, the hours and days and weeks long of work, it's only down to, like, 5 or 10% that you're going to end up showing people because everything behind it is so, like, there's so much going on that you don't mm-hmm. really realize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so then, when you work for like when you work for like a record or a company that like film stuff, right? Oh, like a what's it called? A film studio. Like you know how Amazon has their like um, hostile business practices where like you can't use a restroom, they track you and all that stuff. Like, do you think that that's also present in the film industry in terms of, like working for them? Dude, I don't know honestly because I don't work for a company. I go to school still, so we kind of have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I haven't had, like, personal, like, company experience. Like, the most, the closest I've gotten is I worked on a Chapman film for, like, Chapman University with some of their students. And the way that they handled it was that, like, once we, like, showed up on set, like, no phones were allowed at all. So, like, we couldn't, like, take any pictures behind the scenes. Um, We couldn't, like, contact, like, people outside because we were working. It was, like, nonstop working. I think, like, the craziest part about, like, working on those kinds of sets and stuff are the hours because I had just because that was a Saturday night and then we were working until Monday morning so I showed up at I think 8 p.m and then I ended up leaving and I got back home so I left at 3 a.m Monday morning so it was all Saturday night and then literally all day Sunday we had breakfast lunch and dinner actually no we didn't even have breakfast we had a bagel for breakfast (laughs) And and, (laughs) and then lunch was Cane's and then dinner they ordered us Jersey Mike's and then oh. we just kept pushing until Monday morning, and then they finished it. And then we were there for like hours, and what ended up being shown was a two-minute short film. So, oh my! Oh. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's it's ridiculous, like the amount of time mm-hmm. that gets put into it. But I mean, ultimately, like filmmakers will do it for like the perfect shot because it's if you get the perfect shot, then you get the perfect story. And you get to tell stories because that's what film is, storytelling visually. Mm-hmm. And what about the the people? Like you're with the same group of people for so long. Is it like a positive environment or do people start to get toxic? Um, well, it depends on the people, honestly. Some of them are really good at like faking it and like being positive at all times, even though you can tell they're like dying a little. But, but I guess like there were oh my gosh there are some people I would never work with again because they were unbearable since the first hour and no 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 amount of caffeine can fix that for those people but I mean everyone <laughs> them. and like I hope I was fine I hope people enjoyed me on set but yeah it can get a little irritable once you're like crunching for time and then like you like if you like run out of time then you can't really like take back the time so people just get annoyed and pissy but you just have to keep moving forward eventually so it depends kind of but i'd say it's enjoyable because you can make memories same in lana's case yeah lana same question to you like when you were Mm -hmm. at um the camp or wherever you went for the summer did you Mm -hmm. feel like um the the environment between you and your peers was positive or did it become toxic after a while um i think we all tried to make it as positive as we could but there's definitely like this like low-key tension because all of us wanted to be you know like a star you know so 
mm-hmm. actually don't know if I can talk about this, but I'm just okay, gonna. Okay, okay. Wait, 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 no, no. I can like talk about something. Um, basically, um, one of my friends, quote unquote, um, I really trusted her with like turning stuff in for this like one audition I was really hoping for, and once I came back to America, I realized she never turned those in, and she oh. like basically like backstabbed me. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just wow. a very like cutthroat, you know? And she was like one of my closest friends in Korea. She was like someone I considered to be like my closest friend. Wow. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Uh-huh. And you're like but, absolutely sure that was intentional and like yeah, that's, what sure. happens, that, that's what happens in those environments where it's everybody's fighting for that one spot to like yeah, save you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I got offered to work on the Chapman film because, you know, being a high schooler working on a university project, that's a pretty big deal. And then once my peers found out I got offered the position to work there, immediately, like, tone shift. No one trusted me anymore. People were, like, out to get me, like, in class to, like, make sure I didn't work on anything for the school. And people were just so brutal for, like, Mm -hmm. when, like, people see success and they don't get it, they take it personally. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So then, do you think that stems from like um, a lack of self achievement or like a jealousy in regards to other people? Both. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I feel like um, a lack of self achievement, not necessarily, but like you may be achieving so much, but you see someone have something you don't have, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you just feel like you're not good enough. Yeah. It hurts seeing other people live the life you want. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you look at, like, big actors, right, like, if we're talking about entertainment, like, Tom Hanks and stuff, right, like, he won't mm-hmm. get mad when he sees, like, Robert Downey Jr. signing another Iron Man film. But, like, is yeah. that because he's achieved so much in his own career? Or is it because, like, he's not jealous of anybody else at this point? That's like, true. That's well, a I mean, good once, argument. Yeah, once you reach the top, though, like, yeah. there's nowhere to go. Like, where is the top? That's yeah, like, they're very different, like, niches. So, wouldn't it be, like, I don't know, Robert Downey Jr. versus, like, I don't know, someone who's, like, I would say, like, on the same level as him? Yeah, something like that. Okay. I, I see. I don't know. But like, for, um, what's it called? For, like, business, right? Like, you get on the top, I mean, the, like, the richest person in the world, mm-hmm. right? How mm-hmm. do you get on the top in terms of the entertainment industry? Like, K-pop, right? There's all these different groups. How yeah. do you get on the top there? And, like, movies, how do you get on the top there? Um, Paula, did you want to talk about being on the top of, like, movies first? Uh, you can go first. Um, okay, so, I think, um, there's, like, multiple ways to, I guess, measure fame in K-pop. There's album sales, there's YouTube videos, there's, um, these things called fan cams that you can view. (laughs) And I think there's this saying in Korea where it's, like, if you have a fried chicken commercial, you know you've made it. (laughs) Because Korea's all about that, like having like idols endorse like almost every product you can see so yeah <laughs> okay okay this is not like that important of a question but uh-huh. it uh in korea <laughs> you know how like people when you when like groups release a new music video mm-hmm. and people are like stream this video stream <laughs> it like yeah is that important to you guys um yeah i mean as a fan it's very important i feel like the idols they don't really care much about the views but like for fans it's kind of just you know like it's like a physical or it's like a number you can see that like kind of ranks your group if that makes sense okay. you know oh, okay. yeah. yeah 
And so, also, like, like, it's good self-promotion for, like, other groups. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. For example, Blackpink. They just... Okay. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah, a whole other world. So, like, being an idol and um, being, like, in the entertainment industry, you're, a lot of your life is on the screen, right? So do you oh, think yeah. um, these people are allowed to have, like, that... Um, that like that privacy at that point like if they're putting themselves on the screen do you think mm-hmm. they should be allowed to like claim hey we don't want like this part of our life published or mm-hmm. yeah like publicized yeah, yeah, yeah you know um i think at the end of the day they're human too and they deserve the privacy but like it's true like once you like kind of like put yourself out there you kind of give up that right to like you know have your own <laughs> personal life you know i guess it's really hard to balance it even in, in america too like there's always going to be paparazzi following american celebrities yeah yeah i mean even in regards to like david dobrik like you see his instagram where he's like don't come to my house guys but it's like yeah he put his house on the internet it's yeah. pretty obvious where he lives it's like yeah at a certain point you can't really complain about it when you you know yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. give people Definitely. that many incentives to show up but still yeah. i wouldn't want people showing up to my house if i was rich and famous like yeah my friends don't come here <laughs> yeah so i think there's like a really fine line that like yeah. you cross when you become famous yeah, yeah. So would you would you want to be to that would you want to reach that point of fame is that like a a goal that you want to work towards Personally, um, I'm still contemplating it if I had want to be that because like I feel like as a person I'm more like low key, um, but I mean if it meant that I was doing something I loved and like I was you know like getting paid for it then I think I'd be okay with reaching that level of fame. Okay, Sid, what about you? What do you mean? What about me? <laughs> <laughs> what would you What would you do if you just like randomly for no reason got famous overnight? <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd bask in my glory. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. Do you think there's like do you think it's, like, a difference between uh, good famous and like bad famous? Like, would you want to be bad famous if it meant you still like had millions and millions of followers? Wait, why would you want to be bad famous? No. <laughs> but, like, you can't, no, you don't ask for that, right? Like, it's happened. Like, you don't yeah. like bad famous. No, but, like, there's, like, bad famous and there's, like, bad famous, like. Yeah, that's true. Like, what? Okay, like, no, 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 like, no. like, I get what he means. I don't. Like, like, like bad like, famous, like, not even having to do with, like, paparazzi or, like, being an actor or anything. Like, that's like. You got famous for the wrong reason, like. Like, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, bro. Oh. <laughs> or like Logan Paul. Like I know he yeah. had like a following before, but yeah. Uh, and then there's like there's like mediocre bad famous, which is like six nine, <laughs> and then like Jake Paul and like those kind of people. Okay, wait, hold on. I okay, yeah, okay never mind. We're gonna move on. <laughs> We're gonna move on. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, it's just six nine deserves to be bad famous. Okay, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? No, he deserves it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know how recently, like in the past couple of years, the whole Me Too movement, like started with um the the i forgot what her name was but, like the actor that she came out about harvey weinstein and then that just kind of like mm-hmm. led to like a chain reaction so yeah do you think that's like after that's been exposed is that still a problem in um the world that you guys work in yes yeah <laughs> yes have you seen it do you have um, like i don't want like you don't have to go into detail anything but, like have you seen like have you seen it happen to you or anybody you know um uh, okay, I'm just gonna, like, name an instance where uh, someone I knew kind of felt uncomfortable. So, like, mm-hmm. we were, like, we were having this dance rehearsal, and, like, one of my members was, like, told to stay behind with, like, this, like, camera director dude who was gonna give her, like, a solo shot, 
and like she felt very uncomfortable with him and like he was trying to like get her to do all these things you know Mm. and like saying like if you do this then I will I will make you famous that kind of thing you know very cliche yeah yeah and like I just I think it's disgusting how like people can take advantage of like these people who are just trying to follow their dreams it's like not okay yes yeah ditto yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that's exactly what happened with Harvey Weinstein. Like yeah. they they wanted their careers to flourish, but like at Harvey, what price? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very disgusting. Um yeah. Paul, how about you? Yeah. Have you seen anything like that in working at high school or no. okay. Oh, okay, that's or good. <laughs> that's good, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's obviously stories of like it happening in like the big media, but yeah. yeah. But personally, yeah. I'm thankful I haven't seen it firsthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think, um, so, like, a lot of actors can be, like, blacklisted, right, by, like, the big producers yeah. and big names in, like, Hollywood, yeah. um, wherever they, yeah. like, operate. So, like, now it's kind of a mon- monopoly in that sense, where it's, like, if these certain people decide they don't like someone, they're gone. Like, they can't do anything anymore. Yeah. So yeah. should that be an option? Like, should the media industry be, like, democratized, in a sense? Um... um I mean, why not? Wait, wait, what? Can you repeat the question? Okay, so right now we have a couple companies who have like 95% control over like this whole um, yeah. who, gets to sh- who gets to spot in the movie, who becomes an actor and everything like that. We have mm-hmm. Netflix, like these companies, right? So should their like um, power in terms of what they can put out be like restricted so like uh, one company can only put out this much entertainment in like a year or a month mm-hmm. so that like limits how much they can control like the way the entertainment industry operates oh mm. then no never mind i take it back <laughs> why not well if you're if you're a creative company and you're creating entertainment then i feel like you shouldn't creatively limit yourself mm-hmm. well yeah wait sorry well, continue no i was done <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, uh, I was about to say, like, for all the small companies and like small-time filmmakers who are trying yeah. to get their own stuff out there, yeah. it can be really hard when you have a big company taking up the entire market. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Netflix um, has like by itself has like controlled so much of yeah. what people watch. So. Well, that's because Netflix. The way Netflix does is actually really clever. They go to like the film festivals where small film people go, like the smaller companies and like oh. independents go, and then mm-hmm. they'll like seek out the winners and then make contracts with them for their next film. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. and then sometimes smart. and sometimes they'll like buy the winners and then they'll promote it. But once mm-hmm. they, but the, when they go, to, like for example, when they go to Cannes in France, which is like mm-hmm. a, which is a huge film festival. Mm-hmm. Um, then they'll seek out like the winners or like the runner-ups and then they'll make a contract with them and that's how like all the Netflix original series comes out because it's from the winners of mm. stuff that they already have on their catalog. Oh. Oh, okay. oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that's pretty organic then. Then by that line, should Disney be like oh, cut Disney. down in terms of how much they can do? Because they own a really big chunk of the entertainment. Yeah. They own ESPN, Disney, Disney Plus, that whole, that yeah. entire franchise. So... I mean, they're a great company. Uh, like, I, I have nothing against them. I love Disneyland, mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> monopoly-wise, they're they're really uh, like. Yeah, they're I really mean, like yeah they're business, and they make good stuff. So I don't see why not. But I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very harmful to like the smaller exactly. like companies, like yeah. companies. Yeah, yeah. Also, they 
Ahead, they extend guys. they extend their reach over multiple franchises. Yeah. Like they bought Marvel, they bought like Star Wars, Lucasfilm. They also yeah. work with Studio Ghibli. Yeah. 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 And um, also like the things that they do with these franchises aren't necessarily popular with the fans. Yeah. Like yeah. I can tell you sometimes. Like I, I can tell you specifically for uh Star Wars. Like okay, yeah, no. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people don't like it. Okay, like yeah, a, a lot yeah. of people don't. I and, yeah. yeah, so it's like a lot of people aren't happy with what Disney is doing, and they feel like it should go back to the original creators mm-hmm. who yeah. had like you know the original idea. So right. I feel like no creators dead. Like isn't Lucas? Isn't the dude dead? Nah, he's he's chilling. Oh, really? he's chilling. <laughs> yeah, he's he's chilling. He's oh wait, yeah. that's. That's, yeah, that's so I was very, just gonna, um... <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I was just gonna say that like, they should Disney should be able to own these companies, but like they should at least let the original creators have a say in what's being created. Yeah. Well, from what yeah. I can like tell, and like how like it, the rundown usually goes, it's like Disney is like they're just like the company title that like gets to slap their logo on it. And ultimately Mm -hmm. it is up to like the directors to like choose what they want to do. And sometimes directors do have a change of heart and like they Mm want to change a different way. But ultimately Mm -hmm. like it's like after directors, like the next higher arc is like executives. And then after executives, it's producers. And then from the producers, they take it directly to the company. And then it's the company's going to say yes or no. And if they say no, then you have to start all over. So it's the... Mm -hmm. It's ultimately like directors just like trying to do the best they can to create yeah. like an overall like now super big like audience because Disney yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so much and you know you know how hard it is to please everyone so yeah yeah and then yeah. like okay what you guys are saying in terms of like Disney should not be like limited in what they can do it's kind of a double standard right because when when that happens in other industries like you know like Amazon right they're taking over everything like people are like oh yo monopoly not okay cut it off mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. but for Disney it's okay Amazon so monopoly? what's the line here. What's wait, so wait, so it is okay with Disney? That's, I think that's wait, what, what they said, right? That's what huh? Paula said. She said it's okay for Disney to like not be limited because they're okay. But I just okay. No, <laughs> I, 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 hold up, let me rewind. Okay, I want directors <laughs> to have more creative control. Yes, and the company does need to be more flexible with that because they do need to understand that you can't please everyone, even though that's what they're trying to do. But in a perfect world, that can't happen. So. I understand because they're all they're all businesses. Yeah. And they're just yeah. trying to make business with people. And if they get the majority and then they win, it doesn't matter about the super fans. Because super fans have been here since day one and we're gonna support it no matter what, even if it doesn't take the turn we want. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like mm-hmm. what is it? I don't like the new Star Wars sequels, but I still watch them anyways. Wow, respectable. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm, like, obsessed with Disney, so that's just me. (laughs) That's true. You are obsessed. (laughs) I have an annual pass. I guess one thing that I will say that I'm okay with Disney owning is the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series. Dude! Yes. Because now I can watch Roderick Rules on Disney+. Plus. (laughs) (laughs) When they didn't have it on, I saw so many riots, and I was totally okay with those riots. And then they put it on the next day. Thank God. Yeah. Dude, they have Schoolhouse Rock on it. What? Wait, <laughs> why? Wait, why? <laughs> why? It's like the best collection of songs ever. All of them. The like the Constitution one. The I am a Bill. Dang. I am a Bill. Oh my gosh. That one is fire. Dude, 
Uh, I binged it all on like the first day it came out. Oh my god! In conclusion, Paula is biased. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. We've gotten that. She's a yep. super fan. We cannot trust her opinion yeah. on Blackpink and Disneyland. All right. Well, I mean, we talked about a lot of bad things about the whole entertainment industry. Lana, do you have anything good about your experiences <laughs> and? I mean, I, I mean, you're also a singer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, yeah. like you do stuff on the side. So, like, yeah. In terms of that, if you have anything else going on that's positive and you know, good for the people. Um, uh, okay, I think in Korea, I learned a lot more than I I'd hoped I would. Like, I like got proper vocal training and like you know, like I now know how to produce music now, and um, lots of like, uh, I guess like worldly experience, like being taken out of like Arcadia, which was like I see kind of like as a bubble. Mm-hmm. And like just yes. like be, yeah, being thrown into an environment I'm not used to. I feel like now I feel a little bit more mature and I've like grown like character development, you know. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was, I I think I can take a lot away from from my experience in Korea, not just like musically or like dancing and stuff. Yeah, just like life. So if you could just sum it down, what was, what's your favorite like memory or best experience in Korea? <laughs> um. um I guess just wandering the city, like no like place I really had in mind to go, but just kind of like, you know, walking around, experimenting what I want and stuff like that. It was, yeah, I loved it there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And Paul, what about you? In your uh, experiences making movies and um, doing stuff on your own, what have you seen that's, you know, uplifting and it makes you feel hopeful for joining the industry in five to 10 years? um there's okay like there's there's so much that happens and like honestly like I love producing content and like making enjoyable things to watch but I think like the most uplifting thing is that you do get to work with a lot of people and like all these people have like different backgrounds and like different perspectives but it's like you like you like you're bonding with these people for like long amount of time and you get to work together and like create a little tiny family so I guess that's really uplifting to see people all like work with like blood, sweat, and tears on like this like little thing that like mm. will all walk away with like amazing memories. And that's nice, you know. So if you had to sum it down, all your experience making films, videos, what's your best experience or best favorite memory? Um, my favorite memory would have to be. Uh, it's cheesy to say there's too many because there actually are too many, but overall, just like probably like spend like staying up like for 24 straight hours just working which sounds awful but it's so amazing (laughs) that's awesome all right and sid (laughs) yeah what is your favorite memory watching the stuff they make (laughs) oh oh don't even get me started (laughs) go off um all of it yep (laughs) okay okay you know what? Well, I got a really specific one. I got to say, Drake and Josh, last episode. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Shep's kiss. Honestly, they really messed up with the last two, like, random episodes at the end, but that's okay. Let's watch the last episode. <laughs> one big shrimp. Oh, man. Okay. Wait, were we talking about what these two made or, like, no, the like shows in general? The, the entertainment industry. <laughs> the entertainment industry? Movie? Yes. I mean, I mean. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's going yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I'm just it's watching pretty shows. good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, I have something to say about that. I'm actually like really glad, like kind of the direction it's like going in, like especially with 
seeing more people of color and like LGBTQ yes. plus like representation and like TV yeah. is like so nice to see that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So would you say like that's that's what makes you like the most hopeful for yeah. being a part of like the community yeah. in the future? Yeah. yeah. We live in a time that's so progressive. So many things are changing. Like yeah. right now, like, the world we live in today was not the same world we lived in yesterday. Yeah. Things are changing so quickly and it's ultimately for the better because there's more representation everywhere and people are being like straight up like factual, which is nice to see. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a time to be alive. <laughs> it is a time to be alive. We do see that a lot where it's like someone makes a claim and then they have like seven screenshots to back it up plus like red retreats to show that you know yeah. people read it. So <laughs> definitely a new world. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, can someone say something? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thank you for listening to episode six of the Pause Podcast. Um, Thank you to Lon and Paul once again for joining us. It was great having you. Yes. Love to have you again. Thanks for having us. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Let me tell you something that I really know. I was down bad up on my ass. I had to glow. Okay, sometimes I know I'm there wrong. So I just put it all in these songs. Shit, I'm still just finding myself. Finding myself up out of this zone, nigga. Wish me well, Jezebel. Get out of my side. I excelled and I sell shows out for the night. Uh, you can be who you want to be, but I'd rather be myself for real. No pretend, no faking me, cause getting out this shell is real.